This is Pastor Matt at North Plinko Baptist Church. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Not Another Revelation Podcast. We hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Not Another Revelation Podcast, and shockingly, we're back in the Book of Revelation. <laughs> it's it's crazy. You leave you you leave out, and and we've kind of done some backtracking for a few weeks, spent a little time in the Gospels, and spent a little time in Daniel, and and on. You know, for two weeks on Not Another Revelation podcast, it really was not another Revelation podcast, but now we're back in it. Maybe we should change the name to Not Another Eschatological. I don't know if that one will get the same traffic as Not Another Revelation podcast. Probably not. Um, And we have been talking in a few weeks. What we're going to do is kind of pause in the book of Revelation again and look at some other views because what we've been primarily giving you is a a premillennial, pre-tribulational viewpoint, and there are other views that yeah. aren't uh, necessarily, uh, you know, they're not weird views. And and I think a lot of our listeners probably have only been exposed to kind of that left-behind, pre-pre mm-hmm. idea. And so I, I want us to look at, and I would say most of church history, the majority has been an amillennial view. Yeah. And so we, we probably need to take a little time and not straw manning it, not trying to prove that we're right, but just honestly look at some of those, those other viewpoints. Um, before we can really get into Revelation 12, since we've taken a break, we probably need to back up because we're, we're pretty deep in the layers of visions. Well, yeah, we're, we're right here in the thick of it. I mean, like we are... I mean, we're halfway through the book, so I mean, we're just we're turning along. We've been gone for a few weeks. So. Yeah. So, um, we, if you recall, we had um, the angels with the trumpet judgments happening, and we we saw the the first woe pass. Below the two woes have come. Six angel blowing his trumpet. Uh, we have the voice. Um, then we 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 read. Then I saw another mighty angel come down. We we dealt with all of that. Uh, and the little scroll getting eaten that was tasted like honey, but it was bitter, and we we definitely spent some time and and unpl- un kind of unpacked that. We came to um, the the vision of the two witnesses, which is kind of where we were. We 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 see the two witnesses standing out in front of uh, the the temple. They're preaching. Uh, the whole world celebrates when they die to the point that they give gifts. Which yeah, I mean, is it's just, like it's essentially, I mean, it, it's Christmas over these people being dead, being murdered. And everybody on earth sees them, and then, um, you know, all of a sudden you're watching your football game, and they cut from it to go to, they, they're getting up. Well, which is so crazy, and I think we talked about this, is, you know, I couldn't imagine maybe <clears throat> even, let's just say, 100 years ago, like if I'd sat down and read, you know, this Revelation 11 and, and like had read that, it's like, man, that just seems kind of crazy. That how everybody at once, how is that gonna? How would they? And and I'm sure somebody somewhere spent a lot of ink and time oh, wow. or whatever Lots trying to figure that out. And then now, like again, 2021, we look at it as like, um, yeah. I mean, everybody the other day was locked out of Facebook for four or five minutes. So I mean, I'm sure we can live and stream something. Out. Oh, it was it was a mess. It was a mess. Freaked out. But now, I mean, in an instant, we can live stream anything, anywhere, at any time, and everybody can see it. Which I, I just think that that's really cool 
that God knows what he's doing. And, oh, they, yeah. and, I'm, not, and I'm not saying it's going to be live streamed on, on Facebook. I'm saying, but like that capability has come about. It's like, obviously God knows what he's doing, even if, you know, technology for us or with our understanding of it is way behind or whatever. Like those kind of things being, that's been a cool thing for me, I guess, to see throughout this, 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 these conversations and this study is, is seeing how, you know, 200 years ago, this commentator said this, but now we look at it now and it's like, okay, that didn't make any sense. But now that we know more about what we know today, I, I can see how that would work out and how that would actually make sense. Those kinds of things have been kind of cool to see work out and how those things could, could all come about. Uh, same thing happened with Israel being a nation. I, I There are several Puritan commentaries that um, use replacement theology, which says that the church replaces Israel to try to talk away Israel. Yeah. Involvement because in their mind there's no it's such just not thing. possible. It, it's and not it wasn't. Possible. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. And so they're they're trying to figure out. Well, and to their credit, they believed God. They just did, couldn't see how in the world God was going to make this happen. I mean, I have, I have that. I mean, I have that mindset two or three days out of the week, if not two or three minutes out of the day. I mean, I don't know. Amen, my brother. So let's let's dig into twelve. So well, eleven. We finish with the the uh, two witnesses. They. Uh, they are taken up into heaven. The scene shifts from to heaven, where we see uh, a a chorus going on, and the twenty four elders who are sitting before before God fall on their face. Uh, and they let me just read the song they sing. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged. But your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, for the rewarding your re, rewarding hard your, word your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. And we we talked a lot about what a cool destroying the destroyers it's a cool phrase. I, I kind of want that on a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah destroying yeah. the destroyers. Anyway. Uh, and so God's temple in heaven was open. The Ark of the Covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. And pow, the scene changes. Yep. And so now we shift from a as close to linear as Revelation can get. Which is which it's not. Again, a good reminder is it's really not. It's it's much more, I guess, circular in how it teaches. Again, I've said this before on this, the way it's like a hall of mirrors kind of thing. You look at one, and then you see that, and then bam, you look over here, and it kind of looks the same, but it also has a different image. It's a little warped. It's a little, a little different. And so it's just, it's kind of how, it's just kind of how this book is read. It's kind of how this story is being told. It's, you know, we're going to get something late. We're going to get later in these, in, in, in the, you know, late teens and, and 20s of this of this book and you're going to be referencing stuff from the early chapters and it's just it's just right. the way that the story is told and the way that these visions are given it, yeah it's all, almost like some dude in a cave saw some really crazy stuff <laughs> and was trying to record it to the best of his ability um so we shift to from a linear kind of the 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 witnesses do this and then this happens and then there's this song to a different vision. In fact, John starts it and says, "A great sign appeared in heaven." Now we've we've got some some language stuff here because a great sign to me may be you know an, uh, a Shannara sign. I don't know exactly what we're yeah. saying. So great is um, megos, which is huge, oversized. John, it wants us to understand. Hey, this is a big deal. It's a massive deal. This is huge deal. Uh, and then the word for sign. 
is an unusual occurrence. It transcends the common courses of nature. So before we were looking at things, again, as close as the book of the Revelation can get to a linear, this happened and this happened, and now we're looking at a very figurative the best description I heard, I heard of this chapter, and I want to say it was John MacArthur, said this is an overview of human history in allegorical form. Yeah, and the next few chapters kind of kind of roll that way. Like uh, 12, 13, and 14 all kind of stay in that kind of realm of the allegory and things like that where it's kind of trying to – it's saying something but saying it rather than just saying it, as confusing as that is. And it is. These few next few chapters get a little confusing. Like, they can be really easy to misunderstand or not even necessarily misunderstand, just kind of look at it as like, man, I ain't got a clue. And so I think for, for those of us that have, have uh, come from a tradition that accepts and believes in the sufficiency, the authority, and the inerrancy of God's Word, our natural tendency is want is to want to read things as literally as possible. And so as John shifts here and tells us, okay, this is a great sign or this is a great uh, allegory, a way of seeing this of human history, it's okay to look at an allegory and you're still looking at it literally, but you're accepting the symbolism. Yeah, It, it, it doesn't have to be that there's a woman that woman can represent things. Well, again, the other day, uh, one of our church members uh, posted or commented on a picture that I was tagged in, and it was me sitting behind my fiance and my future mother-in-law. It was, it was my it was my future mother-in-law's birthday yesterday, and he commented, he said, "Look how Bigfoot's behind you." Well, obviously, I'm not Bigfoot, and I may have big feet, but it's just he's just messing around and playing. And but it's just trying to get those. We use those kind of turn of phrases and those kind of things to kind of point out. This is maybe the importance. This is the some of the qualities that come or the or that come with whatever's being described. Obviously, if you if I mean Bigfoot, I've got a size fourteen foot. I'm six six. I mean, kind of those right, kind of things right, that right. come with the description of it can kind of gear us towards where we're going with what's being described. Sure, and there we don't we aren't familiar in a lot of ways with this kind of literature. Yeah. But, when I was a kid, it was really the the death throes of the Aesop's fables, yeah. and your your this represents this kind of a thing. Um, but throughout human history, allegory has been a very important tool to teach For sure. and to show how things work. And we still do use like the Bigfoot example. If you think about uh, Rommel being referred to as the desert fox, yeah, you you don't think of him having a tail and a twitchy nose. You get that the symbolism of that is that he he was wily and he was difficult to defeat. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, you might have a football player that you you refer to as Honey Badger. Yeah. Or, uh, we do that. And well, he's so, a monster. Well, he's not. I mean. He's not, but if you step in his way, you can get tore up. You yeah, know, like yes, that's kind of yes. tough. And so we've got this allegory, this this story that's being told in this way, and it's not stepping out of literalism to take allegory and literally believe that it's telling a story. Which and, some people step off and do, which was I had to describe that to our students last night. Okay, hey, there's not there's not there's not actually a dragon. There's not probably not a dragon. Um, and, and, and I mean, I hear a dragon. I want there to be a dragon because dragon seems kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, there's not a dragon. There, a, there's a lot of through. tattoo ideas in this chapter. Oh. <laughs> Apparently all through Revelation, there's a ton of tattoo ideas. Yes. I actually yesterday had someone talk about the band Apollyon. I'm like, yep. oh, I know where they got yep, the name. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So 
Starts out and says, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and her head a crown of 12 stars. So it's just firing right out. We know that this is not a literal woman because nope. nobody wears the sun and moon. Yeah, no one props it. No one props up in their recliner and puts your feet up on the moon as your ottoman. That's I don't know if that's a thing. So in in the Book of Revelation, there are four women that are mentioned that that we kind of need to to touch on. There's uh, in two twenty and the letters to the churches. Um, John talks about Jez or Jesus actually talks about and John records um, Jezebel. And so that is paganism or worldlyism, worldliness that oozes into the church. I like worldlyism. Worldlyism. I yeah. like that one. Wor- worldliness that kind of oozes into the church. Thankfully, that doesn't happen anymore. No, no. no. But um, and this, it was the stuff that worked uh, for the world. We'll just bring that in the church. Yeah. We we don't really need to b- worry with lifting Jesus up because what we can do instead is. These other things, like the world is doing, and that'll work. Now, right. I'm just going to leave that where it is because that's a total. That's a sermon all too. Truth itself. is, this truth is subjective, and gimmicks really make it work. Which yes, is. yes, gimmicks are where, where it's at. Mm-hmm. So, the the harlot, which is a, a false church, and so there are we we as Christians have to be aware that there are people who call themselves Christians who aren't. Yeah. I I uh, I heard this analogy once before, and I, I really like it, and I've stolen it multiple times. Um, and I I, I want to say that it's not Lecrae. Anyway, I I, I can't think. It's it, it's somebody in that that one one six yeah posse um, who uses the analogy. Says if somebody came up to me and said, "Hey, I want to play basketball." And I showed up on the court, and then they walked out, and they're wearing shoulder pads, and they've got a hockey stick. They may call what they're doing basketball, but clearly we ain't playing the same game as <laughs> I think of as basketball. And what we in the church do is if someone calls themselves a Christian, they say that they love Jesus, and we don't take the time to see what they mean by the word Christian and who this Jesus person is that they say that they're worshiping, we're often talking about two totally different things. Abraham Lincoln said, if you, how many do- legs does a dog have if you call his tail a leg? And the answer is four, because if you call his tail a leg or not, it doesn't make it a leg. <laughs> the point of bringing that up is, is that the Bible tells us how God gets to define his stuff. Yeah. He gets to say, Jesus gets to say how the church is to be run. Jesus gets to say what we're to preach and teach in the church. And we really have no authority whatsoever to disagree with that. Even if our culture says, nope, that's not going to work, that's, you can't do it that way, we have to, to the best of our ability, using good reason, logic, and study of God's Word determine how Jesus said to do it. And so there's always been and always will be a, a false church. And, and that woman is brought up in um, the book of Revelation, chapter 17, as the harlot. You have the bride, which is throughout the New Testament, and I'll just leave it where it is. That's the, 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 the real church of Christ, the, the bride of Christ, the true church, and then this woman. Now, Almost universally, people accept that this woman is Israel. Yeah. Um, 
by saying that it, it, she is clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet is almost quoting from the book of Genesis when Joseph has a dream. Which is what, crazy enough, and I didn't plan this. So I, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm not that cool. I'm not that smart. Wednesday, guess what we're talking I've been walking through Genesis with our students. We're on, we're on Joseph. There you we're go. We're on it. And we, I literally, the first thing I open up with is the description of those first few dreams. And I'm like, man, this is, this is the coolest. This is this, cool. This yes. is cool. It's neat to see the first book of the Bible kind of segue. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a callback. It's awesome. So we have this callback to his dream, and I just want to read it so you can see what I'm talking about. In Genesis 37, 9 through 11, it says, Then he dreamed a dream, Joseph. Behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to him. But when he told this to his father and brother, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow down before you? And the brothers were jealous of him, but the fathers kept his word. So Joseph sees the children of Israel in the, using this language. Right. John uses this language to refer to this woman. So it's easy for us to see this callback showing that um, on her head was a crown of 12 stars, the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. The, the moon and, and the sun are God's movement of the, the light and, and everything that's going on with the way that God chose Abraham and his chil- children and his children's children. And so we see all this playing out in that symbolism. She, the, the woman who's Israel, was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth. And so we have... Um, Throughout the Bible, in Isaiah 26, Isaiah 66, uh, Micah 4.10, Micah 5.3, Hosea 4.31, we see the term birth pains referring to Israel's struggle as it's moving through its existence. And even those prophets didn't fully understand that the reason why God was protecting Israel and shepherding Israel was because she's going to give birth to the Messiah. Yeah, one of the, the descriptive passages or descriptive phrases that I that I heard when describing these next few chapters that are kind of tough to understand, 12 was described as the explanation of God's redemptive plan throughout the history of the nation of Israel, the woman, and through this child that will come from the woman, which I thought was kind of a cool explanation of kind of the overview that may be going on in this in this chapter. So if we remember that this vision is essentially the history of humanity right. in one allegory, um, we see that God selected this woman. She's got the she's got she's clothed in the sun and moon. She's she's going through the pains of childbirth and um, another sign. So John's just going to take it down another layer. Another sign uh, appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns on his head, seven diadems. He, his tail swept down a third of the stars and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. So let's, um, let's talk through this the best we can. Okay, so great red dragon. Um, Again, almost universally, theologians have always agreed that this is Satan. Yeah. I, I think as we read this, there's nobody's going to debate that this could be anything else. Um, the seven heads on his seven heads were seven diadems. So John says that there's seven heads, and then the seven diadems show that there's strength and authority and power. That could some theologians have said that that could be representative of just the authority that the enemy has on this earth today. Yeah. Um, I I think that. Um, 
I, I really like the feeling and the way that it's described because of the, the next set of horns that this could represent uh, the seven major kingdoms that essentially persecuted the Israeli, uh, Israel's as a nation. Egypt yeah. first, then Assyria, then Babylon, then the Medo-Persian Empire, then the Greek Empire, and then R the Roman Empire. And then finally that seventh horn would be the empire that the Antichrist is right, going to right, pull together. Right, 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 right. And so remember that the, the, the lady here is describing Israel, and so we're not looking at every nation that's ever existed. This isn't just, you know, you might say, well, what about China? or what about? No, it's, it's the nations that persecuted her and were pursuing her. Yeah. doesn't mean that Satan doesn't work through other empires. It doesn't mean that Satan isn't going to. It, it, we're seeing this from the perspective of the, the full story. Right. So uh, then he has ten horns who represent the kings who will rule under under the Antichrist. And so what we have here, um, and that's that representing the kings who will rule under the Antichrist, that's from MacArthur and his book on Revelation. Um, somehow this last kingdom that will persecute the, the woman isn't a normal king. Yeah. Okay, so the the if you look at the Assyrian king, kingdom, there was no doubt if you were a citizen of Assyria who was in charge. Mm -hmm. Anybody who did anything said that they were doing it in that person's name. If they used that authority to enrich themselves illegally and that person in whose name they were doing it found out, there would be lots to pay for that. There was a king. Same thing with there was a pharaoh in yeah, Egypt. Yeah. In Babylon, there there was a, a, a king who was in charge. This last kingdom isn't the same way. It's somehow a confederation of nations that so it's one horn that's made up of ten little horns. Now, a, again, we've said this a thousand times, a lot of ink has been spilled Ooh. trying to determine this. And I would even go so far as to say most of my life everybody just assumed that this was the EU yeah. but because when the EU was started, it was 10 nations. Mm -hmm. uh, the founding documents were signed in Rome. Um, I mean, they might as well, have, I think there is a dragon in some of their symbology. No. But, so, of course there is. Of I course, mean, yeah. So, um, it, uh, when someone put the dragon in, somebody who knew a little about Revelation said, all right, I'm just messing with them this yeah, time. that's right. I'm, I'm just playing games at this point. <laughs> yeah, some dude who, who was a draftsman was like, hey, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anyway, um, when Britics happened and the EU kind of fell apart, that theology falls apart, which should warn us, be careful pointing to anything and saying, that's it. Yeah. Because until it happens, it could, it could, it could, it could be. be. It could also not be. It could be a confederation that's. America and the EU is only one little horn, and you've got the Pacific Rim nations, and you've got China, and you've got—we don't know. And you know what? Human history is made up of people that nobody ever heard of until last week rising yeah. up, and so we have no idea. Um, and so what we don't want to do is base our theology on— an article we read in the New York Times. Right. We want to base our theology on God's Word. I'm not saying that we don't read the New York Times and go, hey, that kind of that kind of meshes up with something I read over here. But 
every couple of years, something will come down the pike. It's just, in my short but colorful ministry, it's always amazed me when some Meemaw who's loved the Lord his whole life will see something on the History Channel about the Gospel of Thomas and, and, and think that, well, my faith has completely been undermined. Yeah. And it's just like, no, no, just wait. And then six months later, uh-oh, shockingly, that was a forgery. <laughs> or shockingly, that's not been a new discovery. That's been around for about 2,000 years, and we've always known it was was garbage. So don't let modern media define what you believe. Yeah. Let God's Word define what you believe. So seven heads and seven heads uh, and then ten little horns. We've got, so his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. So in Isaiah 14 and uh, Ezekiel 28, we read about the enemy, the devil, the, the Satan, that great serpent, and how he took a third of the angels with him when he fell. And so that, that in this illustration is showing that. So the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. The enemy hated the idea of the Messiah coming. Absolutely. I don't think from, and you know what, this is somewhat speculation, but if you watch the interaction between Jesus and demons, you see, I don't think the enemy fully understood how all this was going to play out. And the fact that the, the demons would be like, hey, why don't you cast us into those pigs? kind of a thing who who don't hey, you're not here to torment us now are you kind, yeah. kind of thing that the enemy just knew that God had promised Abraham something he had promised Solomon something and it was he narrowed that line down from all of humanity from Adam something's coming from your seed some human's going to come crush his head down to now we've got the line of David we've got we've got really tight the enemy just wants to make sure that that kid is destroyed. Tried it with Herod. Tried to kill all the babies. So, tried it multiple times. The whole killing babies thing. Like we went, we tried that route a good bit. Pharaoh, we he, I mean, yes. Pharaoh tried that. Herod tried that. I mean, it got. We he, we've tried we've tried that option a few times. And so, when the baby's born, she gave birth to a child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So the enemy wanted to destroy Jesus. We, we read the specific story uh, of Jesus after his baptism, after the father confirmed who he was, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, that immediately he is driven by the spirit out into the wilderness and the enemy tempted him. He tried yeah. to make him fall spiritually. When that didn't work, he then literally indwelled one of his followers and tried to and succeeded in having him killed, not knowing that that would be his ultimate demise. That was how God had planned on crushing his head. And then Jesus ascends to the Father, and now he's out of reach. Yeah. The enemy can't do anything, but he can hurt the woman. And we, we know that just 40 years after Jesus' life that he tried to utterly destroy the nation of Israel. For sure, def yeah, definitely. I mean, Rome, Titus was not playing. And we talked, as we talked about the um, Olivet Discourse, that Titus turned Jerusalem into an ash heap 
renamed Israel Palestine just utterly destroyed things. And yet, again, to me, the biggest, one of the biggest apologetics um, of the truth of God's word is the fact that if I want to go to lunch tomorrow with someone who's Jewish, I can. Yeah. That God has protected that, that the woman. Well, it's, it's crazy. And I think I heard uh, an Israeli prime minister, this was a quote from him when I was reading about this. Um, I'm not sure it's the current one or, or how far back that this particular quote was, but it was, so if you look at some cultures that have the four and 5,000 years of documented histories, as, such as the the Jewish people the uh, of Israel, you, and you've got your Chinese people and Indian people uh, in, in India. You have those. Do- you have you know in bo- in all three of those cultures, you have four or five, six thousand years of documented history of those cultures being around. And then in China, in China, how many people are in China? I mean, Lots. Chi- yeah, like over a billion. And yeah, in, yeah. And in India, how many people are there? I mean, that ten forty window. There are more people inside of that that area than all the rest of the world. I mean, in, in, in India, a billion people. And then in Israel, th- like 13 or some odd million. Like it's, 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 and, and this is not, this is not into getting any conspiracy theories or anything like that. But like that's, those are just real stats that there's been, I mean, again, you said Pharaoh, we've said Herod, you know, uh, Haman and Esther tried to have a little thing where he's like, you know what, all of them are going to hang them. We're going to hang all of them. You know, each other, I mean, we have a little, and then we've obviously the obvious one in the Holocaust and these kind of things where there is an obvious, and the only thing that I know that can be said of truth, that there's an obvious specific hatred that is spurred from the enemy towards God's people. In 1200s, a law was passed in England that said no Jews can live in this country. It wasn't changed until like the 17th century mm-hmm. and you bring up the holocaust and a, a direct attempt to destroy the people of israel um i've always been moved by the writings of Elie wiesel Elie wiesel writes in night he says um the only non-jew that i trust is hitler because he's done he has kept every promise he ever made to the jews mm-hmm. Elie wiesel also wrote um in night Never shall I forget that night, the first night in camp, that turned my life into one long night, seven times sealed. Never shall I forget that smoke. Never shall I forget the small faces of the children whose bodies I saw transformed into smoke under a silent sky. Never shall I forget those flames that consumed my faith forever. Never shall I forget the nocturnal silence that deprived me of the desire to live. Never shall I forget those moments that murdered my God and my soul and turned my dreams to ashes. Never shall I forget those things, even if I were to condemn to live as long as God himself. Never. There has been no group of people in human history that have been more actively pursued and persecuted than the Jewish people to our shame by people who call themselves Christians, by people who never claimed Christ, Throughout human history, the the dragon has tried to destroy the woman. And John said this in the first century, long before pogroms and um, the Spanish Inquisition and uh, the Holocaust, long before uh, the Arabic attempt to eradicate the Jews, long before any of that, and we still see it played out today. In Islam, you know, in, in, in radical Islam, you see, I mean, that's going to, that's the, that, that with mixed with Christianity, I mean, that is the that is the counterpart there. 
Uh, and, and, I'm, and again, that's people have spent a lot of ink in terms of jumping off into that conspiracy. And it could it be sure? Could it not be? It could be something completely different in terms of of, of the, that confederation that, that that comes after the, the, these 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 chapters that we're seeing. But whatever it is, you see again that there is a constant and, and and dedicated hatred that is that is cultivated by the enemy toward God's people. Absolutely. And so the, the dragon has attempted to kill the woman for lo these many years. So then we get into um, the, the allegory is tightening, and we kind of skip over 2,000 years. Yeah. <laughs> and it says that she has a, pro- a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now, some have argued that that 1260 days is the last 2000 years 3000 years until Jesus returns mm-hmm. some have argued that because 1260 days is exactly three and a half years that now we fast forwarded to the tribulation uh, and i think both of those arguments kind of have their place um it isn't uh by chance though that 1265 days or 60 days is in fact three and a half years yeah um so she, uh, it says she's to be nourished for 1,260 days. So then we get into the fight scene. Yep. Okay, we're in the cage now. <laughs> now war rose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven, and the great dragon was thrown down. And so now we've shifted from history to future events because – the enemy is still the god of this world. Yeah. And he is still um, in control of the world system that we are a part of. So some have taught that this battle between Michael, who is his uh, throughout the Old Testament, the angel that is given to protect Israel. In the book of Daniel, we read... Uh, uh, in Daniel chapter 12, at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. Um, and so we see that M- Michael, as an archangel's job, is to protect Israel. Uh, he's been doing that, again, the very fact that in 2021, there's a Jewish nation. Yeah. Um, that there are still Jews around shows that Michael's pretty good. Yeah. He's got, he's fighting the Satan and a third of his angels and doing a pretty good job. Good job, Michael. Um, he's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. So uh, the enemy's going to be defeated, and there's no longer any place for them in heaven. So we know from reading in the book of Job um, that right now our enemy, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, in which you once walk, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, that in the world we live in now, um, the enemy can bring, is bringing charges against us. Yeah. He, is, he is the accuser of the brethren. He's before the throne of God. He's being allowed to make accusations. He is saying, why should that loser Tom Harrison be preaching your word? And the answer, of course, thank you, Lord, is not based on my merit, but on the work of Jesus on the cross. Um, so at this future time, the dragon's thrown down. Now, um, then 
John here describes who the dragon is. The, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So if you go to Walmart, there's a book, and I know that it's at Walmart and that it's in the shelves because periodically people will buy it because they think it's <laughs> and give it to me because it's like a hundred and two things that you thought were in the Bible that aren't or 102 lies that you thought were in the Bible, something along those lines. And one of the very first ones is that it, the things you thought was in the Bible that isn't, it says that nowhere in the Bible does it say that Satan tempted Eve. If you go back to the book of Genesis, it doesn't say that Satan. It says that now the serpent was more wily than all the other creatures and that the serpent does it. Uh, but unfortunately to the authors of this little little uh, booklet, and please, please stop buying me copies of it, um, <laughs> That is not true that nowhere in the Bible does that it say that because here John tells us exactly, exactly who, who that, that serpent who was. The, and the ancient serpent. Like it's not just a serpent. It is a specific serpent. It is the serpent. And uh, so that ancient serpent who's called the devil. And so he's thrown down to the earth. And I heard a loud voice in heaven say, which when the timing of this is, I would think is going to be at a at the rapture when Satan is not allowed audience with God anymore, yeah. he's thrown to the earth because the church will be taken out. There's no more accusations to be brought. Right. The redemptive story is almost complete, mm-hmm. and the church's part in that redemptive story is over. Right. And so... Now we're just, after after that rapture, we're just, I mean, these some of these songs, I mean, we're just... We're just big chilling and worshiping. Like, I mean, yes, the, I'm fine with that. The church is in heaven eating fried chicken, deviled eggs, and pie. <laughs> it's just one big potluck. <laughs> it's, it's a bit, well, it's the marriage supper of the lamb. <laughs> Clearly, this is a southern meal because nobody says supper Nobody except my says papa. Supper. Yep, that's it. And so it's the marriage supper of the lamb. So we're sitting around. We're, we are straight singing. It's like you worship for some time. You go, you go get back in line. You fellowship some with. Martin Luther and and Zwingli and John get in line and 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 you know Peter's going to push his way to the front. No, he's he's at the front. He's one hundred percent at the front. So you, you get something to eat. You sit down to eat. Well, hey, then we're going to sing some more. You got the twelve elders doing their thing. We got we got stuff going on. It's a supper. I, I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> For seven years, we we are going to throw down. It's going to, and so the enemy can't. It doesn't make it, there's no the enemy can't be there making accusations. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy. So God's like, you know what? I, I'm I'm done with this. Mm. He casts him down to the earth, which is, in a way, um, shows some some of the futility of our thinking. God holds back Satan and, and actually uses him. If you read the book of Job closely, you can see that Satan is God's unwilling lackey. God <laughs> uses Satan in Job's life to make him more of a man of God. Yeah. Satan didn't want to be used in that way, but he is being used in that way purely by manipulation. Yeah. Hey, have you considered my servant Job? Servant Job? Go check him out, Let, and then we'll talk. Hey, yeah, if you want to take his well, take it. Skin for skin, make him sick. Don't kill him, but you can make him sick. He's only go as far as God allows him, but it's almost like cat, a cat and mouse game. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's like Tom and Jerry. And then when God's done with that, 
Michael's been striving with him for 2,000 years, 3,000 years, ever how long until the Lord comes back. And then when God's done with that, it's like, shaboom, we're done. <laughs> Satan has no power, no authority, no ability to do anything. We're just over. Yeah. And you kind of got to feel sorry for Michael. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, could we not have done this a little while ago? <laughs> so Satan goes down to the earth, and when he saw that he'd been thrown down to the earth, so clearly he's shocked, he's not happy about it, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. So once he gets cast down to the earth, his move is, I'm going to take this out on her. Yeah. So, again, we see, just like we said, we saw partial fulfillment of the Olivet Discourse in Titus's destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., we see the future fulfillment of it at, at this time. The yeah. enemy's going to try desperately, once again, to destroy Israel. Mm -hmm. And this is where you were looking in the margins of your Bible for the word Petra. Yeah, well, this is in in so many different commentaries and, and, and theologians who, who are writing about this. They said where she's at at this point is when, when, he, when, the, when the dragon, when, when, the, when Satan comes after, the woman comes after the nation of Israel, she flees and flees to Petra, which is in Jordan, correct? Yes. Yeah, the country of Jordan. And I was like, when I was teaching our students, and I'm like, man, I don't see anything. I don't even really see any contextual things that would make me think this this was Petra. And not again, not saying it is. It's one of the things it could it could be. I don't know if it is. I don't know. But that is a a. And they're like, it's like a rock city in Jordan, and there are, I mean, they are like things stockpiled at Petra, ready for, ready for just the. I don't know if it's the, if you want to call it the apocalypse, or if it's, but well, it I mean, there, the, there are literally some, the. Apocalypse. I mean, there's some doomsday. There's some doomsday prepping going on at Petra. Well, and I, I think that it's where people in their their exegesis are shifting from the allegorical looking at this and they're trying to say okay so out of the dragon's mouth out of a dragon's mouth I want it's fire yeah but it's water and then the earth actually helps the woman and so I think with that I, I've been told I've never been to Petra but I've been told that you kind of you're in the middle of nowhere you're in the desert that Petra kind of looks like some mountains and then you you kind of walk in this little almost like a cave and then hang a left and bam there's this mega city I mean it's it feels like a movie set. Yeah. And so there's no way this is for real, and it's all made out of the earth. And so I think it's it's people trying to understand. And you know what? It may be, Petra. It could, I mean, again, it very well could be, and that'd be pretty cool. But um, if there's an earthquake in Jordan tomorrow and Petra's destroyed, that's not going to affect my theology. No, I mean, it's it's still going to It is somewhere. It's it is some, somewhere. Somewhere will still exist then. I don't know where somewhere is, but it'll be somewhere. So... He opens his mouth, uh, but the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. And again, don't a lot of ink has been filled with what this water represents. Is it the sweep of time? Is it? And I, I think that this is one of the places where we just have to say, okay, the allegory's gotten so deep at this point that. That with our human understanding, ain't where we a, sit today in 2021, ain't got a clue. Somehow, 
through all of human history, God has protected the nation of Israel. He will continue to protect the nation hey, of Israel. And again, I know we're going to be eating, but if we're going to be up there watching this, I am pretty excited to see how this works out. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, it just sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. I'm definitely, I will I will high-five you when this happens. <laughs> it just sounds pretty cool. The earth, now, now, don't don't be upset if I've got some deviled egg in my it's, mouth. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But the earth is going to help. The, the earth is going to lend a hand. It's just going to, hey, you know what, Here's a let me do you a solid real quick. Here's Here's all the help you need. I'll swallow it all up for you. Okay, so continuing, the we don't know, and everybody's trying to figure out. Uh, when the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who kept the commands of God and to hold the testimony of Jesus, he stood on the sands of the sea. So there are people that we read of who followed G- Jesus during the tribulation. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fairly simple way to look at this and say um the the witness the two witnesses are clearly um representing god they would be the the people who lead these new offspring to the lord and the enemy cannot get to israel because the earth somehow has super protected them and so he goes to make war on the other believers yeah and make life hell for people who believe in Christ as he is doing today. And then again, these next chapters kind of explain how that's going to go down and how everybody else is going to get chased after and persecuted and, and, and tore down. And, and it's, it, again, it gets, if you're still here, it's, it's rough. It is rough. So if you're listening today, and I, I get some emails from folks. Um, if you're listening today, I, I want to, if you disagree with me about the way that we're looking at this, if you have an amillennial view, and to you this is a is a snapshot of human history, but it, it uh, has less to do with the tribulation and more to, uh, that's fine. Um, I want to ask everyone who's listening today to take a moment and pause and ensure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm. Ask yourself the question, am I bearing fruit fit to righteousness? Am I living a life that shows that I'm following my king? Examine yourself and make sure that you don't have to be here because it's about to get really ugly for, for those people who do. I, I, and I've, I have had people who grew up in the church who have been exposed to the um, – um, watch and wait kind of movies when you know when they were they were kids and in the youth group and they've said well you know I'll, I'll after the Lord comes back I'll I'll make a decision you, yeah. you don't want to be there then no, and, no. and you're not guaranteed that you'll be alive I mean yeah. we've already read million people die here there's a, there's a ton, I mean there's tons of people who are dead tons of people so don't wait behold now is the accepted time behold today is the day of salvation Call in the name of the Lord and be saved, and then go serve your king. Thank you guys again for joining us on this week's episode of Not Another Revelation Podcast. You can join us live in person each Sunday at North Linko Baptist Church at 10 a.m., or you can go to our website, northlinko.org, to watch our live stream or check out our other podcasts, ministry information, past sermons, and past worship service. Thank you guys for tuning in.